You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel. Coming up this week in episode 373, Julia is back from her holiday fighting crime in Cambridgeshire and Terence is back from watching cricket at the Oval. No doubt we'll have to hear all about it. But we investigate how to steal a shark from an aquarium and the London musical where you are banned from singing or dancing. It's all coming up after Redbone and come and get your love.
featured extensively over the years in both commercials and movies, written by the splendidly named Lolly Vegas. Um, That's a great name. It's <clears throat> a great name, isn't it? From 1974, number five on the Billboard Hot 100, Redbone and Come and Get Your Love. That is super. That's a great tune. Welcome to the podcast from the Parish Council. It's episode 373. I'm Terence Dackham and... I think I may have misunderstood because I thought she was going to Baltimore to fight crime on the streets, just like McNulty and The Wire. But let's find out. It's Juliet Harris. <laughs> Hello. Unfortunately, no, I did not do any sort of crime fighting whilst oh. I was away, which is a bit of a oh, pity, dear. really, given that the uh, the bucolic village that we that I went to stay in, just out well, the outskirts of Cambridge, which was very nice indeed. Um, the week before we went, we were sort of researching what was going on in the local mm. area, and unfortunately. The, lo- the only village shop, which was the co-op, had been ram-raided, and so unfortunately <laughs> the cash machine was out of order because somebody had tried to blow it up. So um, so actually there was scope for crime fighting if I wanted to do it, but I decided I wouldn't on this occasion. That's that's where I got confused. I thought with that, that I thought you'd gone to you know Baltimore, the crime centre of the United States. <laughs> In fact, I, instead I went I went and, to Baltimore, which is apparently the crime centre of Cambridge. I've undertaken some research and I found out that the motto for the uh, uh, county of Cambridgeshire is with one heart, let us be wise. Which, mm. which could, by coincidence, easily be the motto of this podcast. Oh, absolutely, it? yeah. I, I think it's, it's almost it's, it's there ready-made, isn't it? And I, I did look up the notable people from Cambridgeshire, but they all seem to be dead uh, people, members of Parliament who died in 1593 and so on. It seems the most famous living person from Cambridgeshire is Bob Nudd, which is a great name. Mm, it's hugely that's enjo- a very odd name. Hugely enjoyable to say it, Bob Nudd. And um, he's won. You'll be. This is an education for you here, Jules. Um, he's won four individual world freshwater angling championships. Wow! I mean, how could I ever compete with that? But you had you ha- you had a you had a good time through the week, no doubt I- visiting secondhand record stores uh, <laughs> and first-hand record stores. To be fair, as well, I, mean, I had a very interesting. Went on an open bus tour. That was oh, very okay. that was very good, which had a, a, a sort of commentary throughout that said various well the funny thing about it was it was aimed at tourists so it said various things which then when I actually went around the colleges themselves and read their literature turned out to be myths that had been debunked mm. for example we were we went past the famous mathematical bridge which is a wooden bridge mm. at Queen's College and uh, the, the commentator on the bus gleefully told us about how when it was first built it was designed by Newton and when it was first mm. built it was built without any screws or bolts at all and one night some drunken students took it apart as a joke and then couldn't get it back together again and unfortunately when I went round Queen's College which was very beautiful and quiet um, it did say it had been misnamed the Mathematical Bridge and that they were that you know uh, contrary to urban myths um, it didn't have any screws or bolts which I felt like saying well you really need to start liaising with the the hop on hop on bus tourist people there because you're sending out mixed messages at the moment Uh, general impressions we used the park and ride scheme Um, park and ride bus drivers in Oxford when I went last year were all very cheery and helpful Park and ride drivers in Cambridge, not so much, unfortunately. My, to the point where my mum was moved to write an email to Stagecoach on oh Friday God. evening explaining to them that they really needed to send either pay their bus drivers more and or send them on a training course. I like
despite those, there's two different solutions. Mm. So um, I suspect they'll pick the latter. Um, so so that wasn't that wasn't ideal really. But uh, no, Cambridge is a very very uh, nice city, more metropolitan than Oxford, I think. But um, it was mm. I, I had a lovely time uh, going around. I would recommend, by the way, a very if you like real ales and craft mm. beers and nice wines, there was a very nice shop called Thirsty that I went to, and the men there were very entertaining. When I turned up, there were boxes literally everywhere, and they said they were very sorry they'd have five deliveries that morning and could i help them by drinking some of it which i was more than happy to oblige with and uh, my 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 best mistake that i made of the whole holiday was dipping into a fridge buying some nice looking cans of beer and i thought oh yes that looks nice and I thought, oh yes these are the fruit beers and i'll have one of those that looks lovely this cherry cherry uh, cherry beer mm. turned out it was i had in fact just bought a, a fizzy drink oh no <laughs> they didn't make it very clear i did a little bit short change when i got home and i couldn't find the alcohol I thought, oh look up and see how strong this one is mm. and in the end it said this is a soft drink okay. on the side and I thought oh, you know that old saying mama don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys um, <laughs> wine merchants don't put your soft drinks in the same fridge as beer well, while you were living it up in the wine cellars <laughs> of uh, Cambridge... Yes, whilst I was buying soft drinks at inflated yeah. prices in Cambridge. I, I had a lovely day at the cricket on the day <laughs> that Alistair Cook got his 100 in his last innings for England. And Great day to go. It was a great day to go. I really did well, pick up. For both you day. and for him, in fact. <laughs> yes, more for him, perhaps. Yeah. You know, it may have had more impact on it. In, initially, this may seem an odd comparison to draw, but it reminded me of when, in the nicest and kindest way... Listeners have told me off for making fun of audiences enjoying bands I'm not so keen on when Glastonbury is shown on the TV. Because mm. I can remember when I was very unfairly snarky about Radiohead and I was rightly taken yeah. to task because just that I may not see the appeal, I shouldn't pour scorn on others' enjoyment and perhaps more pertinently, sometimes you just ha- you just have to be there to get the experience. And this was how it felt on Monday at the Oval. You actually, I felt, had to be there to feel the... You could actually feel the swell of emotion from the crowd who simply wanted to salute, well, England's greatest ever batsman as he played his last game mm. for his country. And it was, it was actually incredibly moving and affecting. And I think ever much more so than if one had just been watching it on TV, I think. Um, but the one thing that struck me as someone who goes to both cricket and football, in, in fact I've been to both in the last week, it's it's hard not to notice the contrast between the behaviour of the two sets of fans, but only up until the tea interval at the cricket, because I notice quite often, how about, by about four in the afternoon, those that have been drinking all day mm. f- find their voices literally find their voices by the sort of post-tea session. Oh and dear, yes. There wasn't any trouble at all at the cricket. It's just that some men, it, it, again, it's always men, become rather boorish and boisterously loud mm. you know, as they move on to their 10th plastic beaker of, of, of beer. It's just, it's just not too welcome. And football-style chanting and behaviour creeping ever deeper into into cricket, but... I, I guess I'm an old codger, but you know, it just—I just don't don't like that aspect of uh, of of the the last hour or two uh, cricket when people no, have had a few sounds, drinks. It sounds tedious, frankly. Mm. Now I imagine um, listening to us now, you've you've often wished you could find advice on how to steal a shark from an aquarium. 
Absolutely. Well, I mean, the, this is the one thing that we've neglected to cover during well, our time together on this podcast. Well, good news, everybody. Juliet will be able to help you right after this track from Waikiki. I must admit, I um, I came across it recently thanks to um, Apple Music. Other other you know mm. other people are available in a similar price range. Um, they recommended this to me. Um, the because I've been listening to some music by a woman called Juanita uh, uh, Juanita Stein, I think, mm. and she had previously been the lead singer of Howling Bells. Um, oh. But, but um, she she then they went on to do other things. Um, and uh, actually, um, this 
was the band that Howling that this was the first draft of Howling oh, Bells apparently okay. this yeah. this band and I, I just I really so this was sort of throwing me if you like this then you'll like this and it was throwing at me mm. and actually I really do like this and uh, perhaps I'm slightly late in picking this and thank you again Terence for looking after everybody in my absence last <laughs> week when I really should have picked this tune these are um, Wakiki and this from their album already home was um, Here Comes September well I confess that they are completely new to me mm. um, but I really enjoyed that great single and I, I'm going to explore them more during the week mm. on Spotify a couple of years ago I found myself near Regent's Park in London mm. on a, a bright sunny day and I had a couple of hours to fill before I went to a meeting and seeing the entrance to London Zoo almost opposite where I'd parked the car I thought oh you know that that, that might be interesting fill my couple of hours well the truth is I absolutely hated it I found it quite distressing to see all the animals in these enclosures. Mm. Uh, I understand the justification in terms of conservation and allowing people to see exotic mm. creatures and all that, but it firmed up my view that these animals really should be in their, their natural home environments, not caged in small pens and corrals mm. in, in North London. And it's equally grim if you ever go for a walk from Little Venice to Camden along the Regent's Canal because mm. you walk alongside the horrible aviary and you can see all these wonderful birds trapped in their birdhouse prison now i didn't go to the extreme of trying to liberate any of the the animals but, <laughs> but jules you've got you have a tale of a successful at least temporarily successful heist of, yeah. of wildlife this was one of my favorite news stories of the whole summer and i'm glad we finally got around to talk about this because mm. it is it is super and much like you i i agree that um mm. zoos can be very depressing places and actually i very one of my highlights of going to cambridge by the way was going to the excellent zoology museum Oh, okay. which is super i would recommend that because mm. that that has lots of them um, does have a large sort of stuffed animal display in it oh, God. Uh, we were reassured that they died of natural causes right. or you know or the various sort of proper deaths as it mm. were but that was very interesting but um these people didn't wait for it to be stuffed um we we uh, we go over to San Antonio for this story. Not live, unfortunately. Um, we we uh, there were there were three chaps went to a, a Texas aquarium um, and were apparently so distressed by the state of the shark. Who for for, for fullness of information, sake is called Miss Helen. Uh, what a great name for a shark, <laughs> Miss Helen. Um, they felt was unhappy, and so they uh, they they just took it with them. They uh, they got they somehow managed to get themselves into the tank. Um, they grabbed Miss Helen, who's a horn shark by the tail um, before wrapping her, in, wrapping her in a wet blanket and putting her in a bucket by a children's pushchair essentially and then they <laughs> took it out. A member of staff attempted to confront the group but was unable to stop the suspect. Now there is an interesting mm. turn. I said there's a lot more going on there. Um, in the end uh, the public tipped them off what, um, what truck they used and they were they were found and I very much enjoyed the, the, the reaction of the local police chief who really does sound like um, sort of the chief Wiggum of real life. <laughs> His officers at first thought it was a... Joseph Salvaggio said his officers at first thought it was a hoax. The US had been celebrating Shark Week that week, apparently. Right. So when we first got the hall, we thought it was some kind of hoax, being that it was Shark Week last week. But it turns out someone actually went inside the aquarium there in Leon Valley and stole a horn shark. It was 18 inches long. Um, in the end, she was safely recovered and taken back to the aquarium. Um, well, apparently, when they got to the garage in the house, <laughs> they had sort of mocked up an aquarium in their garage. I mean, I, I cannot dislike these people. People. Yeah. I think it's lovely, and they had apparently they had lots of different types of marine animals in their house as well, and he'd really done much um, sort of knew what he was doing. <laughs> and when the um, when this, one of the people involved managed to they managed to get a sort of a right to reply. 
um, it's almost like points of view, except <laughs> in a really kind of surreal way. There, there's a there, there's been a, a follow up article with the uh, the man who stole Miss Helen says a man who stole a shark in posture says he is an activist, not a criminal. Without sounding like Mandy, Ro- <laughs> without sounding like Christine Keeler, mm. well, he would, wouldn't he? Mm. Um, I'm very much a fan of this man that stole the shark from the pushchair. Part of, from the from the the fact that he stole it in a pushchair, I think, is particularly. His name's Anthony Shannon, apparently. Um, he says that he did so. He told a San Antonio TV station, Kent, don't you wish you lived in San Antonio with Police Wiggum the police chief and this local TV station that's called Ken's, um, that he's an activist, not a criminal. He said he became um, concerned about aquarium conditions. This is the story mm. that keeps on giving. And her posed as a salt distributor about a month ago to take water samples. <laughs> this is like some... Amazing. Uh, someone, will someone make a film with this? Surely someone thought <laughs> to. I mean, it's like sort of the new three billboards, isn't it? Um, it's... Um, apparently the suspect staked out the pool for more than an hour i mean i don't see that as being particularly kind of it's not like they were there for three days is it but mm. anyway um they they um anyone that goes <laughs> to that trouble of salt you know posing as a salt distributor i mean does anyone in san antonio do their job properly because <laughs> clearly that he was plausible as a salt distributor wasn't he so um mm. so uh, so yes the um uh, the aquarium said that its animals are very well careful and the water quality is tested daily. Yes, but by who is what I want to know. <laughs> Just some bloke thing. who turns up with a badge. <laughs> uh, yeah, who then decides to steal a shark. So, big fan of um, of Anthony Shannon attempting to steal mm. the shark from the from the aquarium. Um, you know, if he had stuff in his house, why not, is what I should I know lots of people are going to write in and say that people in zoology and conservation mm. work very hard, etc. Et yes, I'm sure they do. But um, this this did make me laugh very much. But, uh, but yes, clearly if the zoo is letting anybody test their salt... Um, then, then I'm not quite sure how on this they were in the first place, really. It's, it's reassuring that the shark survived its journey in the child's, it in yes, the child's buggy. Yeah. yeah, and its brief period of life, as you say, at the home of the bloke accused of nicking it. Um, <laughs> I am, as we know, very fond of America, but my experience of visiting a zoo in Wisconsin was even oh, grimmer than my oh, trip to man, London Zoo. Yeah. Animals like lions kept in tiny cage-like enclosures. Again, found it very upsetting. I think just, just, just as we as hopefully civilised people, you know, we turn away from forcing animals to perform in circuses. I think the time may come when new generations see the captivity of animals in um, lands and conditions far removed from their uh, natural habitat. People will see that as abhorrent and the the closure Mm. of zoos. I I can't come soon enough. And, And zoos are a throwback, I think. To a time when people couldn't travel very easily uh, and, and, mm. and before television and the internet. I mean, my view is if you want to see a tiger, save up all your money and go to India or China or look up a wildlife show on the internet. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah, I suspect that's probably the answer, isn't it? Although I will, I will support the work of. Um, there is a sort of a zoo slash wild animal park called Kessingland in Suffolk mm. uh, that markets itself as the African Adventure, and they have lots of African habitat um, animals there. But they have really huge enclosures. Mm. It's a really big zoo, and they really do work very hard um, to do conservation and to and to work and to, to sort of uh, have species that would otherwise almost be extinct, like rhinos and things like that, and to work mm. hard to repopulate the uh repopulate various parts of africa with with these species so uh, so i don't think it's all necessarily bad but um but yeah like you say there is the propensity for things to turn pretty grim pretty quickly hence why we are then we then live in a world
world where people try and steal sharks um, with baby <laughs> buggy pushchairs having uh, posed as, as workmen beforehand. It's almost a bit Scooby-Doo, isn't it? That's what I quite like about it. He would have got away with it if it hadn't been for those, been those pesky, pesky do. Yes, absolutely. Musical shows where you have to sit tight in your seat. Uh, that's next after this excellent new single from Echoes. Nothing in the world is like I was told 
Yeah, with, with a rather joyous nod to retro electro pop and with um, lovely passing hints of the Pet Shop Boys and Human League. Uh, the album is called Kinetic and that was the lead single from it, Echoes and You Got the Light. And if you are, if you enjoyed that and you're looking for it, I should just say that Echoes, the band, is spelt E-K-K-O-E-S. Not see, everyone does this now to try and thwart internet search engines, but then, of course, it does mean no one knows no, how to spell your band. Exactly, yes. One of the, the, the strangest experiences in my gig-going life was when I went to see Everything But The Girl. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm a fan of Everything But The Girl. Me too, very much. It was in London. It was probably about 30 years ago. It was a very su- serene and polite sort of crowd, and it was before Everything But The Girl reinvented themselves in the mid-90s. So they were still pretty much seen as a sort of acoustic act Mm -hmm. anyway towards the end they broke into one of their more bouncier songs it may have been each and every one and some people in this serene environment some people uh, started dancing by their seats and this set off this incredible chain reaction i've never seen before or since because while some some people were sort of bopping about others started booing and urging them to sit down sit down sit down oh god and um it all got a bit um, heated. Heated, with, yeah. with people beginning to do a bit of the old pushing and shoving, and then there were, you know, a sort of few hands flying, things like, and everything but the girl gig at the Shaw Theatre in London. And I've seen similar other gigs, uh, perhaps not where it's led to punch-ups, but at many gigs you're 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 forced to stand at some point because people in front of you are, are standing or, or indeed dancing. Now you mentioned a couple of weeks ago that you went to Motown the musical for your birthday treat. And you came across quite stringent and definitive rules about singing and dancing. Yes, it was it was a bit irritating, really. Mm. So I went up to it was a sort of a pre-birthday treat to see. Mm. Have I mentioned it's been my birthday? I went to I my mum have, yeah. to see. Might might have mentioned in passing. Went to see um, Motown the Musical in mm. London's West End at Shaftesbury Theatre, um, which is a musical that tells the story of Motown from the perspective of Barry Gordy, and it, it's all sort of an official Barry Gordy type thing. So so you know it's 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 all legit and above board. It's a very good musical. It's a bit of a duke Bach musical it pretends to have a story mm. but um, and it does it does show a bit of a bit of a tale but um it, they try and they decide to squeeze 50 songs in in the space of two and a half hours which means that you do, you don't hear many of them from start to finish mm. my particular favorite bit that I actually I very much enjoy because one of my favorite <laughs> songs was um uh, they did you're all I did, I need to get by oh, but yeah. it was sung by and it was a it's a wonderful song and it was performed beautifully but it was sung by the actor playing Barry Gordon and the actor, the actress playing Diana Ross, and my mum whispered to me, "Did they do this?" And I went, "No, it was Marvin Gaye and Tammy mm. Terrell." So we just ignore that sort of factual inaccuracy there. But no, it was it was really good fun. But before we went in. To, was, until we sat down and took our seats, I popped to the toilet and there was this huge sign up. Um, I say huge; it's an A4 sign, mm. um, and it and it read the following: um, "Attention, all budding Dianas and Smokies. We know you can sing, but please refrain from doing so until directed by the cast or on your way home. Oh, and we would like to point out it's dancing in the streets, not in your seats. So please do not be offended if we ask you to moderate your." And then this is the killer bit in inverted commas: enthusiasm. Mm. 
which I found a bit um a bit limiting really mm. and I and I could see it from both sides because I can understand that Motown the musical is probably the sort of thing which would attract Hindus aplenty I would mm. think and and having mm. DJed in bars in Hastings for some years now as much as I adore people that go on those things because they are a lot of fun mm. um they're not always uh, they're not always the, the most unrowdy in their behaviour mm. shall we say and I can understand why it could easily get out of control I mean it's clearly a very popular musical it had been on for two years I think before we went and we went to an afternoon mass performance and it was full pretty much mm. it was it was I, there weren't many seats that were that were free and but the, the thing was though is that I thought well surely if you're sort of encouraging people to, to enjoy enjoy things and, and the funny thing was was that because the, you know these, these are the stern it, it was the worst kind of note and it is pretending to be cheery when it is not it is because mm. we say occasionally on this part of the podcast it's peace pag pass ag isn't it mm. in its sort of description mm. yes. which meant of course when we got halfway through the musical and the performers did indeed direct us to join in I did sense a slight lack of enthusiasm mm. People were a bit unsure. People were a bit tentative about joining in. So, um, so, so, mm. so, yeah. Um, I could see what they were trying to do because I could see. But then, part of me thinks, is that not what you have stewards for? It's, it is quite a nuanced issue. This singing and dancing at gigs. I, I have to confess that that Carol King gig in High Park mm. that I mentioned a couple of times. I did get carried away by the emotion of the moment and started singing along as she performed. The Tapestry album. Now, mm. although I've got, obviously, an absolutely perfect singing voice... Well, this is true, yes. Um, it might have been quite irritating to people nearby <laughs> because one man's yes. sing-along is another terrible intrusion into their experience. And, it's another but, tuneless person. Absolutely. I, I can see the basis of reasoning behind the notice at Motown, the musical, I have to say. It's similar to my argument with those that stand in their seats for the 90 minutes at football matches and that's the same at the theatre. If you're a child, you're disabled, you're elderly or just small in height, your whole experience is ruined by some people standing in front of you. If you can't stand and join uh, the, the standing people, then essentially all you will see is somebody else's buttocks for the entire show or match. And nobody pays 75 quid for that. Um, on, on, uh, well, perhaps in specialist clubs in Soho, but that's that's <laughs> another story. Um, but that that's my my argument that the, you know whilst the, the the hen party, let's say, are bopping in their seats and having the wildest time, if there's a elderly couple, seventy five years old, who remember Motown but are not too steady on their feet these days. All they're going to see is the twisting and uh, re revolving legs of the people in front yes. of them, not see the musical. That's yes, that. very, very true. I mean, it's it, like you say, it is a slightly vacillation. Speaking of people singing along, by the way, I went to see Leanne Le Havis um, mm. some time ago now with my friend, and uh, there was a girl standing behind us and who was singing along, but she was perfect wow. at singing along to the point where we actually turned around and asked her if she was a singer at one point because she was so good and she sort of said oh I'm sorry for singing loudly mm. and it was brilliant it was a lot of fun because she was she was so good so so maybe there are positives to this I don't know but yeah like you say it's, it's a difficult balance mm. maybe the, the way around it because it was a sort of traditional theatre that had boxes at the side and a balcony maybe the way around it is to only have the certain sort of rows at the front for dancing I don't know there was no room for dancing at the front everyone was allowed to get up and dance at the end when they did the um 
I can't remember what they did as the song at the end. It was um, it was I wish I think by Stevie Wonder, mm. and um, but which everyone did have a good dance to. But it, it's difficult to you know how how do you do it? Do you have designated areas for dancing? Like you know when you have these uh, without sounding like a high court judge mosh pits <laughs> at, uh, <laughs> at at at, um, at gigs. Maybe is that maybe, maybe that's, that's way it. around it. Yeah. Maybe to have designated area for dancing, and then people that want to sit down can. I think that's, that's probably the answer. It's like the safe standing debate at football matches the same yeah, thing you need a designated area for for people to do that when you're not liberating sharks from aquariums uh, this week uh, where might we find you juliet lucy well i mean you can you can find me places this week i'm not Ooh, saying lovely. that you can't now that i'm back um b uh, b a c k exclamation mark back 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 <laughs> um <laughs> i will be doing indie wonderland this wednesday on oh, a barricade radio uh, from 8 to 10 p.m barricaderadio.com indie alt rock and miscellaneous um i will i'm at my rock and roll book club on friday night um i'm not sure where we're going yet otherwise i would invite people mm. um on um we go to a pub and talk about a book basically mm. and um i think i think the emphasis is on the former rather than the latter i've not been before so we'll see mm. um on saturday i will be at the dragon bar once again so saturday the 20 um 22nd i may or may not have bongo debbie with me i'm not sure we haven't coordinated yet but it will definitely be me if nobody else and um eight until 11 um just playing whatever i feel like playing on the evening really to be honest and there's not really a plan at the dragon bar in george street hastings and if people do need to know where your book club is or follow uh, find out more details where you're going to be because they, if they follow you on social media yeah, they, they would... can have it. They can have an insight into my mm. my peculiar world. Yes, I'm at SuperJules84 on Twitter and also on Instagram as well. Thanks to you for listening. Yes, as always, you are the real stars. And thanks to executive producers Rona and Hilly. Also the real stars. To play us out, Jules, a terrific um, new single. It's, I found out this morning. It's got a captivating video. If, if anyone gets a chance to see it as well, great dancing in it. Oh, yes, I've not seen this video mm, yet. Brilliant. I must try and catch up with it. But I'm a huge fan of this band generally. I think they're terrific. Um, they're called Jungle. Uh, they have been releasing records. They came out about three or four years ago, I think. And my friend, best friend from school, um, who we've always been very into music together. I, to, to, we were talking about Glastonbury that year, and she said, mm. um, I said. Oh, well, who did you see on Glastonbury that you really much you, you very much enjoyed and she said oh I saw this band called Jungle mm. they were really good they were like a ray of sunshine they were just lovely and so I thought oh I better watch them then and I, they've got such a great sound it's really kind of this sort of uh, almost west coasty kind mm. of sunshine sound to them and they really are a ray of sunshine I think they're terrific they had a tune called Busy Earning which was uh, really popular and all over Six Music and all over the radio for a while and I heard this on Six Music the other day um, it's their new single and I, I love this I listen to it it's one of those songs that I could easily listen to about ten times in a row without stopping because it's just got it's got such a lovely sound to it and I love their use of falsetto vocals they're, they're just a great band I think and they're doing something that not many other bands seem to be doing at the moment and that's always that's always cause cool to praise in my view so this are, these are Jungle this is These Are Jungle <laughs> and this is um, a Heavy California
You have been listening to a DAC Media Production.